Hello, hello. I am kicking off season three of the Drink Like a Lady podcast, where we are talking about matters that are important to women getting a seat at the bar and getting a seat in the boardroom. I'll be joined very shortly with my partner in crime, uh, Kathy DiCirco-Stewart, who is a business strategist. And we are going to be talking today about where are the growth opportunities in 2021. And of course, we have to hearken back to what we learned in 2020 in order to be able to really suss out where the opportunity lies in the coming year. So we're really excited to see all of you. I see uh, Methro Orthodontics has just joined us. Swathi has just joined us. And I'm waiting for my partner in crime, Kathy DiCirco-Stewart, to join us. You know, 2020, we can't talk about this enough. There's so many tectonic plates that shifted in the last year. One of them was the fact that we had to pivot very quickly. There were some that did it very, very well. There are others that maybe stagnated because they couldn't think about pivoting quickly. The second piece is to really think about, and I'm gonna add Kathy here. This is a little bit of management that goes on when you have to do these lives. Here she is. Uh, the second piece is that consumer demand has vastly changed. What we wanted pre-COVID is very different than what we want now. Kathy, how are you? Happy New Year. Yeah, happy New Year to you too. Have How's great COVID? New It's good, you know, just readjusting every day into what our new normal is. I think it's wonderful that we're kicking off our podcast on the very day that uh, it is inauguration day and the tectonic plates are shifting in Washington. I very much agree with you. I, I feel a lot of joy. I, I really do. So for Ashika and for um, the folks that are joining us here today, I was saying that we're talking about growth. And yeah. certainly we learned a ton from 2020. And there were three areas that I wanted to highlight. But then the real reason that we're doing the episode one of our podcast for 2021 is that we want to talk about where the growth opportunities are this year. But in order to do a quick look back in the rearview mirror, what we learned from companies last year is that there were certain ones that pivoted very well. And it was not only up here, but in the way that they conducted business. That is very true, Joya. That it, it wasn't just about the thought. It was also about how to create momentum and action right away. Yeah. And then number two was consumer demands. What people wanted pre-COVID is very different than what people want post-COVID and what they deem important. It's extremely important. And you can even take a look at your own personal shifts and you can actually take a look at where that may uh, create new ideas for you. And then the third thing that has changed fundamentally from 2020 is that personal and business life, again, what we deem important there and what is a reality has changed drastically. I talk every week with all my members and the real estate people keep talking about the fact that people now need rooms. They don't want the open floor plan. Gone are the days of the Soho loft where you can see from end to end. Everybody needs to have a room. Everybody needs to have privacy. But that's just like one way to describe what we mean by personal and business life has changed. You know, and also what's really important here is the minute you accept that change is inevitable, you then can actually embrace what you can create. Other than that, what happens is you put your force up against that. Well, you've uh, put together an amazing list of examples to review and what we can look at in the way of opportunities for 2021. So I'm going to tee you up to the first one, which is that grocery stores have become dark fulfillment centers. What are you noticing? 
Well, what's really important is, and we know this really in the very beginning stage where people could not go out or there wasn't the whole idea of even the stores being as accessible um, to individuals, they said, I still have inventory. I still need to create um, you know, some kind of profit and loss. That's their responsibility. So a lot of the stores, the grocery stores in particular, knew that they were essential items. Uh, a lot of the you know, meats and um, vegetables, et cetera, and we're going to talk about this in another shift. Um, they, that people would still be coming in. But what they did do in terms of looking at what they can do is they, they created some of their stores, they call them dark stores. They darkened them down and they actually had personal shoppers go in so they weren't amongst the others. You can see that this happened with Kroger, this happened with Whole Foods and another um, store called Eagle, which I'm not familiar with, but I know the other two very well. And this really, what we're talking to or what we're speaking to is there's a different employment uh, market that has cropped up as a result. When I go to Wegmans, you know, we moved to Brooklyn over the course of the pandemic. And if you go into Wegmans, it's first of all, it's the size of a football field. But the entire store is filled not with people like me, it's shoppers who are fulfilling Instacart orders. So it's interesting that this whole economy has grown up around the fact that people are not in the stores, but they're empowering others to go in and do the shopping for them. There's a lot of these ancillaries, um, businesses that have come up based on this COVID, based on all of these new um, possibilities that we're going to talk about today. So for those of you that are just joining us, we're talking about and identifying the growth opportunities. Who is employing in 2021? And the first was the grocery stores that have essentially gone dark, but there's a whole economy of other kinds of employees that have been empowered to be able to help keep them running. And we were talking about that. The second is restaurants entering the grocery market. So isn't that a great way to segue in from what we just finished up? And what occurred was that uh, restaurants can still get produce, they can still get fresh meats and all of that. And individuals were now saying to themselves, what can I do with my, my inventory once again and how can I help individuals? And it's a smaller scale. So they went out and they started selling the product um, to anyone you know who'd order it online. And uh, that has also become a very well ingratiated way to keep their business going and also to help the supply chain. And some of the high-end uh, high restaurants like Daniel and La Bernadine availed, availed the public of their vaults of really exquisite wine. Mm. Now, that's not quite the same as getting potatoes. But if you're trying to create an occasion at home, that was definitely a growth area for restaurants to be able to unload some of these vintages that they probably wouldn't have ever been consumed otherwise. And you know what was interesting is last year um, when we celebrated our anniversary, um, it was in the middle of COVID. So we were like, how do we still make this special? So I set the dining room up and all this great music, but we went out to a local restaurant and they gave us some of these ingredients to create that experience. So if you don't once again go, oh my goodness, I can't celebrate, but you go, how do I celebrate? And how do I use the resources? It really becomes um, quite experiential. For those of you that are just joining us, Kathy DiCirco, Stewart, and I host a podcast every Wednesday at three o'clock called Drink Like a Lady. And this is designed to empower women to get a seat at the bar and to get a seat in the boardroom. And today we're talking about growth. We're talking about where are the growth opportunities when we look in the rearview mirror of 2020 and where are they positioned to continue to grow in 2021. And first of all, we've talked about grocery stores and an entire economy growing up around the fulfillment of, of 
of groceries and becoming fulfillment centers. The second is restaurants entering the grocery market because they really see an opportunity to still glean revenue without uh, kowtowing to the traditional model. And then the third one is curbside pickup, Kathy. Let's talk about that one. Well, I'm sure all of us did that at the very beginning. It was, uh, we're not, first of all, the stores were not open for uh, at least, what, three months, three and a half months. But we still had this need and want because all of a sudden our whole life shifted, you know, with more pajamas, more slippers. I've got more slippers now than I ever before. Um, and, but how did they still once again take advantage of what they had in inventory? And they said, okay, we're going to just go straight to a curbside pickup. It worked. It created a momentum. Now you've got a whole new service that was never there before. Once again, Macy's, Kohl's, DSW, Best Buy, Staples. Um, it was a way for them to also become very, and we're going to talk about this next week, customer service oriented. And that's how yeah. they do that. You know, uh, Brooklinen is someplace where my uh, sheets are from. And Brooklinen, up until very recently, is an e-commerce-only consideration. I could never go in and experience the linens. I just had to do a little Hail Mary and hope for the best once they showed up on my front door. But I was walking around Brooklyn on Sunday, and I noticed that there was an actual physical brick-and-mortar Brooklinen store, which excited me because while I already have sheets from them, I could be open to the possibility of getting new sheets, but I walked in, and it was a curbside pickup situation only. So while the store was there, it was probably an idea that was conceived of before COVID. So now you couldn't still go in and experience any of the fabrics, but you could look at them from afar. So I guess that's something. <laughs> it's one step forward, right? Yeah. Um, Allison's joining us. Scrucello is joining us. Manisha Godara is joining us. Welcome, everyone. We are on the Drink Like a Lady podcast talking today about growth opportunities in 2021. And number one was grocery stores and the entire economy that's grown up around them becoming dark fulfillment centers. Number two is restaurants entering the grocery market, really seeing an opportunity for commerce there. Number three is for retailers pivoting to curbside pickup. And I would wager, Kathy, that it's force people to be much more efficient when they're going to the store and on the flip side for the stores to be more efficient when they're fulfilling their orders. Uh, absolutely. I think individuals, what they've also done is they've been able to um, pinpoint a store that is close to them so that they become a very localized. And then they say, what is it that I really want um, or really need and whether or not that store has it, if not, it gets shipped to them as well. So lots of uh, different uh, a variance in terms of our own behaviors. And Pri, the event planner, she's just joined us. Welcome. You know, you might be thinking, well, I'm not in the grocery business. I'm in the event planning business. Why do I, how does what you're sharing today, Joy and Kathy, benefit me? How it benefits you is that I love reading about industries that are completely tangential to the vertical that I occupy because you never know when there's an idea, a really good idea that's been executed well that you can transplant into your own business. So the next idea that we're talking about, the next area of growth that we identified is hotels offering day rates for remote workers as another way to glean revenue. You know, this is one thing I haven't even looked at, but when I did my homework in terms of getting companies and some ideas together for us, I looked at this and I thought, well, this makes a lot of sense, especially for what you talked about in terms of now needing more occupied space for work. Mm -hmm. um, and doesn't it make sense if you think about it? You, when I used to travel on business, you go away, you're totally submersed in terms of your business and, and what you need to get done. And now you have that for day rates, which is very nominal. 
Yeah. I have a series of interior designers that are part of Lady Drinks. And one of them said to me that pillows have gone by the wayside because they can become traps for all kinds of bacteria and germs. So now as they're thinking about where the pops of color are going to be in a hotel or a restaurant, pillows are no longer going to be the place where they can park that color. So it's interesting that even those times, even those economies are starting to shift in a different way. And all of a sudden, it's a season of wallpaper and magnetic wallpaper, believe it or not. <laughs> um, and then the final point in the final area that you see as an area of growth, and I've certainly watched this area explode, is fitness companies moving their workouts online. I'm seeing individual mom and pop yoga teachers who've built an entire ecosystem for you to be able to work out with them remotely and be able to pay them remotely as well. This is, this is absolutely for me. I think you can take this and you really can, can translate this to a lot of service businesses. This now means, you know, it's not someone going down to the local gym, but you can also now create this relationship from anywhere. So if you were very interested in um, some of the celebrity workout um, fitness uh, advisors, you, you would do is you could then just tap right into them right off the bat. So this in and of itself is somewhere I would suggest that our audience really take a look at and what they're doing and some of the best practices that are out there. You know, and the reason we're having this conversation today is that, yes, we've just listed off six growth areas that we've identified by looking in the rearview mirror of 2020, one of them being that retailers have pivoted to curbside pickup. Hotels are now offering WeWork, essentially, spaces for remote workers to be able to come in and hold meetings. All well and good, but what are the lessons that you can glean from listening and learning about what other companies have done in their successful pivots and be able to put into your business? But, Kathy, I'm curious, why did we want to talk about growth today before we leave our audience? Because, you know, what I really think is that we are here to help create value for them and with them. And by, by actually helping point it out and directing them, we are allowing ourselves to say, we're part of your solutions. And one of the things that we're gonna talk about next week, which I am absolutely adamant about, is the, the idea of customer service and how that has changed over the past 11 months. And if you focus on customer service, you will have a competitive advantage over other people in your, um, in your world and your market. As Maya Angelou once said, people remember how you made them feel. And that's going to always be the predominant way that you walk away. Um, Sheetal's just joining us right now. Sheetal, today on the Drink Like a Lady podcast, we're talking about ways to really look in the rearview mirror of 2020, see what we've learned, and identify the areas of growth for 2021. And I want to recap them, Kathy, before we close here quickly. We've seen, we've observed grocery stores become dark fulfillment centers, but it was still a way for them to get produce out the door and get some revenue in the door. Restaurants entered the grocery market. It was a way to offload some of the stuff that was going to go bad anyway, including their wine. Retailers pivoted to providing curbside pickup. You could still get everything that you wanted, but I think it forced all parties to become more efficient. Hotels started offering day rates for remote workers, and then fitness companies have moved all of their workouts online, which has become a huge microeconomy, and you can do that if you have basically an internet connection and a phone. That's for sure. That's for sure. And, and all I have to do is now buy mats and some weights, and you're off to uh, being fitness and no excuses. And we are focusing on customer service and the evolution of that in the last year into 2021. Next week, when we meet at three o'clock Eastern time for Drink Like a Lady. Kathy, any closing words on this inauguration day that you'd like to share? 
I will just say, um, I am just at peace today. I am I'm so at peace. Like you had said, what a great way for us to start our year with the new inauguration of our new president. You're a business strategist. If anyone wants to work with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? You can um, email me at stuartkathie at gmail.com or directly my phone number, 609-933-7600. And I am currently filling for my next public speaking masterclass where we are learning the art of influence. This is for seven corporate women only. And you can email me at info at ladydrinks.com and I will write you right back and share more details. All right, Kathy, we're going to wrap this up and I'll see you next week. Thank you. As always, take care.